You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Local, state, national, man, we cover down on all the issues. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, uh, hey, welcome to it. It is Thursday, 2.06 p.m. Boomer's on the board. Hey, buddy. Hey. How are you? I'm good. Yeah? Hanging in on this little wet day. I'm good. You good enough. Yeah. You good enough. Yeah. That's what I like to say. Good enough. <laughs> good enough. <laughs> All right. Hey, we got a good and late phone for you. In fact, we got a very interesting show for you. I'm just, I'm not even going to pretend. I'm pretty stoked about this. So, you know, every once in a while, we get to meet the folks uh, that we hear from all the time. Like uh, Rita from Scotchboro came by and saw us a uh, week before last. Um, you know, we get a chance, like when I spoke up in, uh, in Huntsville a couple, uh, was it a year or two ago? <laughs> How long was it? A year ago? And, uh, and got to meet a bunch of you folks that listen on a regular basis. Well, today, uh, Lee from Huntsville, who calls in all the time, Lee from Huntsville is going to be in studio. Not only is she going to be in studio, she's going to be taking the microphone for me for a while. Ta-da! What do you think of that? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> I am ceding the microphone to one of our right side ruffians. So uh, Lee from Huntsville is going to be here. She'll probably join us somewhere around 3.30 in studio. The lovely Charlene and I are, are, are bugging out. we got to get down to Birmingham for the, uh, the, the dinner with uh, Governor DeSantis. So we got we got good seats right up front uh, towards Governor DeSantis, and uh, we're going to be there. And that meant I had to get out of the studio about a half hour earlier than usual or maybe an hour earlier than usual, put on a monkey suit and head down yonder. But, um, but that being said, Lee from Huntsville is going to be in studio. That's crazy. But I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it. Uh, and it just, By the way, uh, it just goes to show that we have such an amazing audience that I felt like I could reach out and grab one of our audience members and say, hey, how do you feel about coming to the studio? And she said, sure. So here we go. <laughs> All right. All said and done, we got a lot of stuff laid on. So, yeah, Lee from Huntsville is going to be here at 3.30. Boomer and McQueen are on at 3.00. That's big doings every week. That's, oh, yeah. That's my new favorite segment, too, Woo-hoo. bud. I'm, and I, I ain't just saying that because you're sitting right here in front of me. It's, <laughs> it's I, all right. <laughs> I have no reason to blow smoke. You know, I just, there's none. Uh, no need to impress you anymore. I'm, I'm beyond I'm, I'm that point. <laughs> but, yeah, McQueen's Boomer McQueen. <laughs> Boomer McQueen today at 3. And then we got the Triple Dipper. Hit it, buddy. The Triple Dipper. Three stories you've got to know. That's right, the Triple Dipper, three stories, three themes, if you will, that you have got to know as we run today's show. So, yeah, number one, the DOD in Bama. So the Department of Defense in Alabama has been all in the news lately to include more recent updates on the question of Space Command at Redstone Arsenal. So I'm going to talk to you about things that impact pretty much every installation in this state. Uh, and, and things that I thought it was just important. You know, we have one of the highest per capita uh, populations of veterans of any state in the United States. So I'm going to talk about it, the DOD in Bama. Y'all stay tuned on that one. Number two, I'm calling it, what were they thinking? <laughs> what were they thinking? I mean, it's just crazy, the things that are said by public officials. Like I look at it and go, did you really think that through before you said it out loud? before you did that thing. 
And the answer is probably no. But number two, you're going to enjoy this. What were they thinking? And then number three, and this is going to be largely led uh, by our friend Lee from Huntsville. She's going to be talking about privilege. Wow. And so I'm probably going to have to, you know, uh, call the right side lawyers, have them on tap and ready to roll. <laughs> oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> anyway, number three in the Triple Dipper with our friend Lee from Huntsville. Privilege. So there's that. All right, let me let me jump over to my comments for the day. And I will, I will go ahead and tell you that... Um, uh, my, my comments for today to open the show are a bit more philosophical than, than usual. Um, there's a story from the book of Judges. It came to my attention just this morning, and I'll come back to that in a minute. But to lay the foundation for what I'm about to say, I'm going to first tell a personal story. Some of you already know the, the Army has been a big part of my personal story. And in the course of serving my time in uniform, a part of that time was several months at the U.S. Army Ranger School. And I've said before that becoming a ranger was one of the best and worst experiences of my entire life. And it was. It was a suck fest from day one. And I can honestly say that it moved me past all of my limits, physically, emotionally, mentally, even spiritually. I'd love to sit here, by the way, though, and tell you that it was no big deal. No issue, man. All good. Nothing but a thing. But no, it was every bit the personal trial that it was designed to be. I mean, if it was easy, everybody would do it. But nobody would do it twice. I had a day in ranger school, though, where I had to hit my limit. I was 30 pounds lighter, sleep-deprived, and at my physical and mental endpoint. And that's really the place where you learn a lot about yourself. Nothing was going right that cold February day in the swamps of Florida. I couldn't get anybody in my platoon to do anything at all. I wasn't the only one hitting the wall. But yet I was the only one of those guys getting graded at that particular moment on how well I could move them who didn't want to move and get them to do things that were physically beyond their capabilities. So yeah, God and I had a moment right there. A moment where I came to the realization that everything I had been working for, it might be for naught. And in that moment, I had a very brief but meaningful discussion with the Lord. You see, I believe that God loves soldiers. He loves warriors, for that matter. He is not offended that men and women who are in the midst of learning how to fight or actually fighting come to him. He's a God who can be meek and quiet and speak in a still small voice. At the very next minute, he can rain down fire from heaven and make his enemies take a knee. So there I was at ranger school, freezing in the wet and the nastiness of the swamps and talking with God in a very real and down-to-earth way. I couldn't figure out why it wasn't going perfect. I mean... Wasn't I where I believed he wanted me to be? My gut still said yes. Well, then why wasn't it going perfect? Pretty much every day that I was in the course, there were guys that were quitting. On day one, 450 tried to get into my class. 250 or so made it in. 98 of us graduated to become Rangers at that, that class. Was it worth it? Hey, God, is this worth it? And then I settled into a different spot. And I remember the prayers that, you know, weren't really so much prayers as they were just a statement. I remember saying, maybe even out loud, I said, and it came out just like this. Well, God, if you want me to be a ranger, then I will. And if you don't, then I'll go home and be proud of that too. It was an acceptance moment. It was a moment when I was basically saying, hey, God, I'm all in. I'm going to fight for as long as you say fight. I'm going to do everything it takes. I'm going to quit fixating on my desired outcome I'm just going to be obedient to the cause. Was I giving up? Not a bit, not for a second. But I was recognizing and acceding to the idea that this was bigger than me, that the process was just as important in many ways as the outcome. So here's the thing. In that moment, in that simple little discussion with God in the moldy backwater of some swamp in the panhandle of Florida, 
It resulted in one of the most amazing experiences of my whole life. I kid you not. I kid you not. I felt a sense of relief come over me like nothing I have ever felt before or since. And I don't mean a little bit. It was like it was tangible. I suddenly felt like the guy who had been underwater too long, who was suddenly able to catch a real breath for the first time in way, way too long. It was tangible. But that was only the beginning. Because right after that, it was as if the platoon caught a fresh breath as well. Guys started moving. Rucksacks went on. Comms were up. And we collapsed the perimeter and moved out and hit the target on time. And yes, I graduated from ranger school. And that was 32 years ago this month. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. But still, sometimes I need to be reminded nonetheless. Like this morning. As I listened to a pastor teaching on a passage in the book of Judges, it's a strange story. It's a weird story in which 11 of the 12 tribes of Israel actually went to war with the one remaining tribe. So it was a brief civil war sparked by that one tribe, the tribe of Benjamin in this case, condoning some pretty horrible behavior in which a woman had been killed and killed in horrible fashion. So the 11 tribes, they prayed it through and they felt like their mission was to go up and fight with some of their own. And on the first day they lost and they lost big. And they fell back and they prayed. They tried to figure it all out and they believed they were supposed to go back into battle again the next day and they did and they lost big for a second time. At this point, they were beside themselves. What are we doing here, God? Didn't you say to fight? Do we keep on going? Is this worth it? And the only answer they got was to continue to fight. And so in a combined motivation of faith and obedience, they just did. And the next day they reentered the battle, fully committed, and they won. And they won big. Now, I don't always get it. I'm stubborn. I'm hard-headed. I see things a certain way. I know that I often believe that I can just make a square peg fit in a round hole if I just take a little more off the corners. I also know that I'm a hard worker. I believe that sleep is highly overrated, that work is what sheepdogs do, and that not working is for sheep. I'm a big fan of stupid quotes like, chicks dig scars, and I'm motivated by stories of warriors who bear scars. But I also get tired, if the truth be known. I find myself getting to that point sometimes that I question the fight, and I wonder why it can't just be a little easier. And then I'm reminded of that day in the swamps when I was done in, and I learned the value of pushing through the moment and being satisfied with that only to see the end result actually happen because of the culmination of sticking with the moments and not fixating all the time on the end. And I'm reminded, like I was just this morning, that I'm, I'm not the first one in history to hit that point, as evidenced by the story from the book of Judges from thousands of years ago. So as long as I'm waxing philosophical here, let me just finish with this. Somewhere in that same time frame, around the time I finished ranger school, I ran across a poem. Now, I'm not one who's inclined to poetry, mind you. I have no idea how I came to read this one, but it was spot on, man, spot on. And it was written by a lady named Ethelwyn Weatherwald from the late 1800s. The poem is called My Orders, and it just simply says this. It says, my orders are to fight, and then if I bleed or fail or strongly win, what matters it? God only doth prevail. The servant craveth not except to serve with might. I was not told to win or lose. My orders are to fight. So there you have it. I'm just telling you, there's times, and I felt like it had to be said today, there's times when you just stay in the fight. There's times when you put aside the idea that the outcome is everything, that you have to recognize that sometimes the process is something. There's times when you get tired. There's times when you get beat up. There's times when you're done in and you don't even know why it's worth it, and you still have to stay in the fight. Why? Because that's your orders. That's what you're supposed to do. Not every soldier who takes the high ground even sees the high ground, but every soldier has a part in taking the high ground, and that's just it. So what I'm saying is this. 
Stay in the fight. We got more to do. That's the way I see it. That's a wrap for the right side way. Well, there you have it. And yes, that was probably one of the most amazing experiences of my entire life. And I'd love to say I went to ranger school and all I got out of it was how to lead patrols and conduct raids and ambushes and leave men under duress. But it was a lot more than that. Dadgum, if that wasn't one of the most intense mental, emotional, and spiritual experiences of my whole life, and the biggest thing I got out of it was sometimes those moments, sometimes those moments that you stay in the fight, that's what matters. All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Way. We will be right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, I am. Uh, I'm just. I'm just telling you. We we got. We got. We got a. We got some more kind of a day laid on right now. Boom. I'm just. I'm pretty stoked to see how this goes. I mean. Yeah. So there's there's only been uh, you know the opportunity for us to do this kind of thing a couple of times where where listeners show up and and um, and, uh, and 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 spend time in the studio, or come by, and, and and I love it when that when that happens because meeting the people that we do this for is is a big part of why we do it. Um, but uh, but yeah, so uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be very cool, and I look forward to seeing uh, Lee from Huntsville here in person, and uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll shortly right side ruffian <laughs> coming in the studio. That's right. That's right. Uh, hey, I, I gotta I gotta just gotta tell you I got a notice a minute ago. So you know, there's been. There's been a, a whole lot of new hearings happening on Capitol Hill, one of which is the, um, the, the hearings on the National Transportation Safety Board and the questions surrounding the East Palestine, Ohio train derailment. The CEO, Alan Shaw of Norfolk Southern, was scheduled to give his uh, testimony today. I believe he did. And apparently, just this morning, uh, not far from where I'm sitting here talking to you, another train derailed right here in Alabama. So, yeah, headline on Fox News, Norfolk Southern train derails in Alabama just before the CEO testifies. He was scheduled to testify, I think, starting around 9 o'clock this morning. And, and then, dang, we, uh, we were looking at 37 train cars came off the tracks in Calhoun County near a little community we're familiar with called White Plains. So right over there near White Plains, uh, you've got uh, – now they do say, by the way, there's no injuries – no reports of leaks or, or hazmat questions. There's no road blockages. It was, it was in one of those kind of, you know, parallel off to the side of the uh, main roads. And for whatever reason, it went off the track. So anyway, what the heck, man? I feel like we're hearing about train derailments now like every other day. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was uh, beginning of this week or end of last week. There was another one in Ohio. In Ohio? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I know. I don't get it at all. Um, well, nonetheless, we are um, we're glad to hear there's no injuries, and they're certainly glad to hear that there's no um, chemicals that have to get burned off to mm. uh, pollute an entire town uh, that we love called White Plains. 
Um, got a bunch of texts coming in. Um, uh, Allie from Athens said she loved that monologue, said I needed that one today. Uh, Bruce from Hazel Green just said, amen, brother. Um, and, and then Moon Pie from Madison wants to know, are we going to have Sparky in the, uh, is Sparky from Harvest going to be in the studio sometime soon? Heck, man, why not? Let's get her done. Uh, Dustin from Hazel Green. Uh, looking for some time where we have coffee and range day. I agree, man. We need Ooh. that coffee and guns, mm. guns and coffee. Mm, which order do you want? Guns, coffee, coffee, guns. You're still not a coffee. Drinker, uh, I was just about to say, I'll <laughs> just go guns. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Boomer. Um, all right. We got, we got plenty laid on. And, uh, what did JT from Lacey Springs says? He says, that's a proper example of finding your limits only to realize the capability of taking another step than two and then three. Yes, brother. It was in, uh, and a lesson that I have not yet forgotten. And I hope I never forget. Um, Brian from Huntsville texted in, I guess, with regards to the poem that I had at the end of my monologue. He says, I'm going with the poem from Rudyard Kipling on Gunga Den. He says, for me, though, service is a lot of pain, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Would not trade it for anything. I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, Brandy from Athens says, also need to add bacon and donuts to the range day. Yes, maple bacon donuts, mm. coffee, and guns. Mm. I feel a day coming. If that doesn't have right side ruffian written all over it, I don't know what would, man. Yeah, that that sounds just fun right there. That and classic cars. Get some classic cars in there and oh, some Jeeps. Oh, yes. Lord, my testosterone levels are going up just thinking about it. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> we got plenty laid on for this show for you today. Starting off, number one of the Triple Dipper here in just a minute, the DOD in Bama. And I've got something that came fresh off the press as of yesterday as to what the latest dialogue is about Space Command. Are they going to make a decision? I mean, for the love. What do they? What do they got? It got to have it spelled out for them, I guess. <laughs> it feels like forever. It has been forever. I'm like, come on, guys. Nothing takes it. We could have gone to the moon and back by now. <laughs> Space Command, for the love. All right, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about what's going on with the renaming of bases. We'll talk about things like, uh, are we getting some money out of the National Defense Authorization Act to plus up our facilities here in the state of Alabama? And by the way, how much is the FBI going to spend out there at Redstone Arsenal? Wow. Y'all stay tuned. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We will be right back. 